following talk is from St. Michael's Fowell, a gospel-centered community for Fowell, Teddington and beyond. Our passion is to see every life following Jesus. For more information, visit our website, stmichaelsfowell.co.uk. We're going to turn to the part of our service now where we look at God's Word together, and Lily Rose is going to come and read to us before Johnny, I believe, is going to come and preach. Um, And if you'd like to read along, it's Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 40, on page 1028. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus to When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation of the Gentiles and, and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many and many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Fantastic. Um, Thank you, Lily, for reading that and thank you everyone that's been involved so far and is going to carry on being involved for the rest of the service. Do keep that open if you can. Um, You may have noticed that that passage was the kind of immediate after what happened in the drama. So it was very exciting to find out what happened to Simeon when he went to the temple. But before we think a little bit more about that together, um, a question as we start. Has anyone here heard of Whamageddon? A few people. Um, So for those that have no idea what Whamageddon is, um, Wham obviously are the famous band who wrote the song Last Christmas, and lots of people aren't huge fans of this Christmas song. So there's a game that basically everyone plays, regardless of their, if they know it or not, which is Whamageddon, which means if you hear the song Last Christmas, you lose and you're out. So have a little think. think have you heard yet this Christmas, uh, Last Christmas? And if you have, that means you're out in Whamageddon. So hands up if you think you're still in Whamageddon this year. Okay, so there's a few of you that are still going. Now, I considered playing Last Christmas at this point, and knocking you all out. But I didn't. Here's why. Here's a BBC News article that came up. Uh, A DJ at Northampton Town Football Club thought it would be funny to play it at half-time. And 7,000 people immediately lost Whamageddon. Um, And he thought it would be very funny. Apparently, everyone was really angry. Um, So his fun joke went down very badly. So I think Whamageddon, sadly, is an example of a bad waiting experience, because we all know at some point before Christmas, we're all going to hear that song. And assuming we're not big Wham! fans, and if you are, that's also absolutely fine, um, we know that it's just a matter of time before we hear it and we're out. That's bad wait. But Christmas itself is all about a great thing to wait for, isn't it? So we are all really, really excited about Christmas Day happening. And until that point, We're waiting for it, and we're building up to it. So the first thing that normally happens is you get your Christmas decorations up, you get your advent calendar, you're counting down the days. 
then you break up from school, then maybe have some family around or you go somewhere else, and eventually the wait is over and you get to Christmas Day, and it's really exciting. Here's a controversial opinion. I think one of the reasons that we don't want to play Christmas songs too early isn't because we don't like Christmas songs, but if you start playing Christmas songs all the way back in November, you've started the wait, and it's such a long time that when you're waiting for something really, really good, the longer you wait, the harder it is. Now, when it comes to long waits, we tonight have spent a lot of time with Simeon, okay? We met him in the drama, and we've read about him. And he had a long wait, and that's our first thing we're going to think about today. So we see that in what we learn about. So we saw it in the drama, and we read about it in verse 26. So if you look down, you can see that for Simeon, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die until uh, before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So he's spending his whole life waiting for the Lord's Messiah. He knows he's not going to die, and one day he will meet the Lord's Messiah. But Simeon is one person who's doing a lot of waiting, but the whole of his people are. So if you look at verse 25, we're told there's a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He's righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. So he was waiting for the Messiah, but the whole of his people, Israel, that's exactly what they are waiting for. Now, for a lot of you guys that come on a Friday night, at Friday Night Hub this term, which is our youth group, we've ambitiously done a whole overview of the Old Testament. And what we learned is that it started good, it went very bad very quickly, and God made some promises, and things went well for God's people Israel, and they reached a high point under King Solomon. But after that, things went wrong really quickly and really badly. So they were attacked by Assyrians, which they survived. They were attacked by Babylonians, but they were taken away into exile. The Persians then beat the Babylonians and let them go home. But then the Greeks came, and that was pretty rough. They managed to get rid of the Greeks, and then the Romans came. And all this time, God's people are suffering, and it's horrible, and it's a terrible situation for them. But they've got prophets. People who are predicting that one day, someone is going to come who is going to make it all okay again. And that is what the whole of God's people are waiting for, that Messiah. And that is what Simeon has been told, is going to come soon, and you're going to see him before you die. It's a long wait, but they're waiting for something amazing. And I think that's a bit like all of us. Because we're all so aware, even though we haven't got prophets, even though we haven't suffered like God's people did in the Old Testament, how we live in a world that isn't quite right. Things are broken. Things aren't as they should be. Maybe it's because other people aren't kind to each other and treat people badly, or we are unkind to people and treat people badly and people get hurt. Maybe it's just living in a world which isn't right. People get sick, people die, people hurt, and things aren't as they should be. We all know that. And if we're honest, deep down we know that's just not how things should be. But actually, things should be better than that. Which makes us think, well, how could that be? And we're waiting for something or someone to make it better. We're like God's people back then, waiting for their Messiah. Well, as we heard in the reading, 
There's a long wait, but there is joy once the wait is over. Um, I don't know if you find sometimes you get really excited about something and you spend loads of time thinking about it, and when it finally comes, it doesn't meet those high expectations you put on it. And you think, I think I got a bit too excited about that, and it was a bit of a disappointment. That's always a bit of a pity. Sometimes you get really, really excited about something. Maybe it's a party coming up, a gig. Maybe you are going to watch a sports game or play in a sports game. Whatever it is, really exciting. Maybe it's Christmas itself. And then you get to it, and it is literally everything you hoped it would be and more. It's the best game ever. It's the best party ever. Or it's the perfect Christmas where you get everything you want and everyone has a wonderful time. Okay? So sometimes things don't meet expectations. Sometimes they do and they're even better. For Simeon, when he finally meets the baby Jesus, it is definitely in that second category. Look what he says in verse 28. Simeon took him, Jesus, in his arms and praised God, saying... Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. He's so happy that he's basically saying, do you know what? I can die now because there is nothing better I can experience in my whole life. I've reached the peak. That is how amazing it is to finally see that God's promised Messiah has come. Why is he so happy? Three tiny little things from verse 30 to 32. Let me read them. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So that first one, salvation. He knows that this baby that's come into the world has come to save the world and save people in the world. That's what the Messiah's come to do. Second one, he's a light of revelation. In other words, the world's in darkness They don't understand God, but more importantly, they don't know God personally as their friend. But Jesus is the light coming in. And that third one is really exciting. Because it's not just for God's people back then 2,000 years ago in a narrow strip in the Middle East. This good news is for everyone in the whole world, for all nations. And what is wonderful about what Simeon saw then is that it's true for us. This baby Jesus is salvation. He came to save us. He came to be a light of revelation so we could know God. And we were miles away from the Middle East. But when he thought of all nations, he was thinking of places all over the world, including here in the UK. But also including places all over the world that aren't the UK. And I thought it'd be great to get a few little contributions from some of the youth as part of this talk. And I'd love to welcome Jensen up to tell us about what it was like for her to wait for Jesus and then the joy she felt when she finally met Jesus. Now, Jensen, come up and join me. Um, Here's my question for you first. Uh, Where have you come from and what are you up to in Teddington or Twickenham? um, I came from Singapore and I came here to study dance. Fantastic. Now, interestingly, Singapore is, once you've crossed the channel, as far as you can go without having to cross any more water. So when we think of all nations, UK and Singapore are straddling a huge amount of nations. Now, tell us a bit about what your life was like as you were waiting for Jesus or before you discovered Jesus. Um, I didn't 
think that a God existed. So, or perhaps only when I needed supernatural help. For example, like during exams, when I wanted to get my A, I would be like, God, could you please give me an A? And when you give me an A, I would like tell everyone, like everybody that you exist. And like, something like that. And then when I did get my A, I would totally forget about God. And even when I like hit a low point in my life, I would feel like completely helpless and like sleepless. And I thought I couldn't be healed and... I don't even remember, like, a God existed. Yeah. Thank you. And then we saw Simeon, his joy when he found Jesus. Tell us how it was for you when you found Jesus. Um, so I didn't know what love truly meant or looked like. So in God's grace, after a conversation with my dance teacher, she gave me a link to Mark's gospel. And in Mark, it contains account of Jesus' healing and how he is proving himself as the Son of God. And after reading this eyewitness account, um, I was very curious about Jesus. I was not only amazed at how he could heal people, but more amazed at how he lived his life. Jesus is God's Son, yet he was so compassionate, humble, and loving. And he was super set on his task to save the people around him, despite the hostility and treatment by people. And ultimately, he suffered and died on the cross for all of us. I was totally struck by his sacrifice and wisdom. So I told my teacher that I wanted to visit church to know more about Jesus. And after reading the Bible and learning more about Jesus, I was in awe at how real and powerful loving, forgiving, and how a good, like, such a good God he is. And so I, I finally understood what love truly meant and looked like, which is the almighty God giving up his son Jesus to become human, to lay down his life by going to the cross, to pay the penalty for our sins. Through his death, we are forgiven. And what's even more amazing is that he has given us all the riches in Christ. And his love is steadfast and never changes. We have peace because through Jesus, we are back into a relationship with God. And we have joy because we are united to the God who made us forever. And because God is the most powerful being ever, he made us and he knows everything. And like even our deepest thoughts and feelings. So because he is good and he knows, I know I can trust my feelings and thoughts to him. And because I trust in Jesus, I know that I have a loving father who has promised to be my refuge, strength, and joy. And he is always with me in this life and the life ahead. And now I have this confidence and certainty in Jesus. Yeah. Jensen, thanks so much. Let's give Jensen a big round of applause for sharing with us. Thank you so much. Um, um, it's so wonderful to hear, isn't it? Just like Simeon, that joy that comes when that wait is over and we find Jesus. That's wonderful to hear. So we've seen a couple of things. We've seen that long wait and then the joy when the wait is over. And it'd be great if we could just sit down and stop there. Except the passage doesn't stop there. And what we get at the end is a chilling prediction. I don't know if you've ever had a Christmas where it's really nice and then something happens which kind of kills the mood. So maybe 
I'm sure this wouldn't be anyone here. A little child um, doesn't get a present they want, they throw a big strop, and it's not such a happy atmosphere. Maybe someone says something and it's a bit awkward, and suddenly that really happy mood just changes. And that's kind of what Simeon does. And it makes me think, oh, Simeon, just stop while you're ahead. We've got this nice news of the Messiah. He's going to save and be a light to the gent- a light to a revelation for all nations. And then he says this in verse 34. Have a look. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that was spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. You see, what he's saying is that, yes, Jesus is the Messiah, he's all these things, but the response to that will be divided. And there will be some people here who actually will speak against Jesus and reject him. Yes, this Messiah is the one that's going to bring salvation, and light. Yes, he is for all nations, but that doesn't mean that he is for every single person. It's not automatic that we receive that. We have to make a decision, make that response to him. You see, it's a bit like um, getting a gift card for Christmas. It's a good gift, isn't it? Here's an Amazon gift card. You can spend it on what you want. You're not worrying about a family member buying you something funny. You've probably all had a time when you've had a gift and you think, if only I'd had the money instead of the thing. There's a gift card. It's perfect. Here's the thing with a gift card. Just because you're given the gift card, you then still have to go and redeem that gift card. Whether that's putting the code into the website, or if you've got your book token going to the bookshop. And that's what you have to do. That's on you. You've got the gift card, but it's your choice whether to redeem it or not. And that's what Simeon is telling us about Jesus. He is offering salvation But it's up to us whether we want to accept that amazing gift. And the thing on those gift cards, if you turn them over, there's an expiry date, a point when you can no longer use it. I can think of a £10 WH Smith voucher, a gift card that I got. I never used and it expired. And that's a real shame. But it's nothing compared to letting this amazing offer expire. And these guys were waiting for Jesus to come the first time. But the Bible says he's going to come again. And at that point, that is like the expiry date on the gift card. It is too late to change our mind. That's the point we want to have responded by. So there's a challenge for all of us. We have to choose as we wait, as we see Jesus, whether that is an offer that we want to respond to. But for those of us here who have said yes we do want to accept that offer of salvation. Then we are a bit like Simeon, okay? Simeon was there. He'd been told that he was waiting for the Messiah, and he was waiting. Now, we're not waiting for Jesus to come the first time like Simeon was. We're waiting for him to come again. But with that wonderfully acted drama, I wanted us to get to think about what was it like for Simeon waiting all that time. And I have no idea what Simeon's mum was like, what his friends were like. But I'm sure there would have been some people who thought he was being silly and didn't believe him. There might have been some people who did believe in him and encouraged him, like one of his friends. But there have been other people who not only didn't believe him, but were angry about that 
and wanted him to stop talking about it. And actually, that's what it's like for us, waiting for Jesus today. If we are a Christian following Jesus, waiting for him to come back, sometimes people encourage us, maybe other Christians, and we can encourage each other to keep waiting for Jesus. Sometimes people won't believe us, and they'll laugh at us and think it's silly and quaint what we believe. And that can be really embarrassing. But it's even harder when people dislike us or get angry at us or tell us to be quiet about it because they don't like that we're waiting for Jesus. And just like Simeon at the end of that drama had that moment where he thought, am I crazy? Is it ridiculous that I believe this? As we wait for Jesus, we might have those moments as well where we think, is Jesus really coming back? Am I crazy for believing this? But just like Simeon kept going, he kept trusting God. That is our encouragement, that we keep waiting. And to think about what that looks like, I've asked Theo and Matthew, they might come up and join me, and they're going to share a bit about what that looks like. Uh, you guys come and stand here. And how they keep trusting that Jesus is going to come back and waiting for him. So Theo, one of you can start. There's your mic. Thank you. Can you share a bit? What is it like? What is it like waiting for Jesus? Maybe in what ways is it hard as we wait for Jesus and keep following him? Yeah, well, I think one of the hardest things is, particularly at school, is keeping God at the center of your life. And I feel that, you know, at school there's a lot of worldly things that people have their faith in, like whether it be good exam results, academically, sports, getting the best team possible. And we can sometimes not put God where he belongs and get kind of caught up with all the academics and we feel that we're quite far from him. Uh, another thing is just ungodly conversations. At school can be really, really challenging, trying to withdraw yourself from these things. And uh, it can be, feel like you want to blend in with the crowd, and it can be very easy to do these conversations. Uh, but actually, it can be a real witness by not engaging with these stuff. Uh, and just in general, being a witness to friends uh, at school too, uh, it can be really easy, again, to just blend in with the crowd. But actually, uh, what we're called to do is to you know, invite a friend along to Christian Union or to Friday Night Hub. Um, and that can be really challenging when you just want to kind of live a double life in your Christian life, in your school life, and uh, when really you want to have them merge together and be living for God everywhere you are. That's really helpful. Pass the mic to Matthew. Matthew, similar but slightly different question. What helps you keep going, keep following Jesus, Keep on waiting for Jesus, especially when you might be tempted to give up. To keep waiting for Jesus, first we need to put Jesus first. That's the most important thing. It takes more to put Jesus first than just to put in your Instagram bio, Bible verse. You need to have faith, you need to have action. So through faith, first it's about prayer. Prayer is more than just using Jesus as a get-out-of-jail card. You need to have a one-to-one -one conversation with Jesus, where you talk to him, you tell him your problems, you give praise, you thank him for everything. And then you listen, you hear what he says, and then you can act upon that. What's more, I think also we should be longing for the day when Jesus returns, because when I was younger, I was very scared. I thought, oh, the world's going to end, I'm going to die. But we need to be longing for the day where he can come back and we can be reunited with him. And that links to one of my favorite Bible verses, set your mind on things above and not of the things of this world in Colossians. Uh, what's more, one of my other favorite passages comes from, uh, it's when Peter was walking on the water. When he walks on the water, he looks straight at Jesus. 
he's full of, he's full of faith and he's able to walk on water. He's able to defy, defy the law of physics. But as soon as he strays away from Jesus, as soon as he looks away, he finds himself sinking. He cries out to the Lord, the Lord, oh, Jesus, please help me. So it just shows that as long as we fix our eyes on Jesus and carry on uh, watching him, moving towards him, setting a fire down in our soul, desiring Jesus, that uh, we will, as long as we desire Jesus uh, and just wait for the day of his coming. And then also in action, uh, we need to, through action, we need to talk to others about Jesus. We need to spread the word as this is what Jesus wants, as it says from Matthew 24. From uh, Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God that brings my salvation. So this is what uh, Jesus doesn't want you to bite your tongues when it comes to uh, speaking of his name. He wants you to, uh, he doesn't, it doesn't matter what others think about you. What matters is that you uh, praise the name of Jesus, spread the name of Jesus to all lovers. Yes. Great. Guys, it's really helpful, and especially for you guys that are near the end of school, to hear that it can be done, that it isn't easy, and there's lots of things that might put us away, but we can keep waiting for Jesus, and actually um, there's lots of ways Matthew helpfully shared us keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and remembering that. Let's give these guys a big round of applause for helping us think about that. Um, Wonderful. Uh, we have a, um, a chance now to think a bit about all that we've learned from the story of Simeon. Mm-hmm.